morning, good afternoon, good night, my dears. Welcome to the Worldwide Podcast, Iceland Edition. I got the t-shirt right here of this amazing country. And for today's episode, we got we have like an amazing guest right here. I'm I'm truly a diehard fan of this guy. There is no our guest right here. But before introducing our guest, I'm just asking how is Guilherme? How is everything, bro? How is the Portuguese summer? How is it going? Man, things have been amazing. My Portuguese, uh, my South African friend was here for a week. I've been going to places all of the week with him. He's been loving. He's been feeling super safe, which is his most happy moment in here. Uh, and 100%, summer's been good. So I'm ready to start this podcast with our fantastic guest, a musician, Axel. Let's get into it. Definitely. Hello. So- hello. So introducing our guest right here, Axel Fluven. He's an amazing singer. He has an angelic voice. Uh, he's one of my favorite folk singers, like very far. Uh, I've 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 met this guy right here um, during the his tour uh, his tour. Like you're following the Paper Kites in Europe in 2019. Yeah. And exactly. It was it was pretty good. I, I mean, like I was watching your concert right in Poznan, like you're opening their concert. And it was like, fuck, I, I like this music. I like this song. <laughs> and and somehow I, like, right after the, the concert, I was uh, trying to type it down on my Spotify, trying to find you, and I couldn't find because, I don't know, I'm misspelling your name or kind of stuff. But during the pandemic, uh, right there in Poland as well, I was on Spotify and I was listening to folk songs. And somehow your song that I've listened back in that concert showed up. And I was like, fuck, I love this song. And I started to follow you on Spotify and listen to the whole songs right here. But Axel, the, the microphone is open for you. Thank you so much for being part of this project. And let's go get to know about Iceland, get to know about your career. How's it going, bro? Yeah, it's going good. It's uh, as, I, as I told you before we started recording, it's it's 12 degrees in Iceland at the moment. It's it's rainy, it's it's cold, it's just how I like it. So I'm a happy man. Just got back from Europe. And um, yeah, very, very happy to be back home, to say to say the least. Escape the sweating and the and the hot yeah. sticks. Nah, definitely not. Exactly. If, if you if you are in a home in Spain, Portugal, whatever country in South Europe without an air conditioning, it's torture. Like you will <laughs> you especially from Iceland, you will die. Heat stroke easily. Yeah, no, yeah. We had we had thirty five degrees in Hungary, and I stayed in my hotel room that had air conditioning. I I just stayed in my hotel room for the whole day because I could not handle it. It was disgusting. <laughs> I could imagine. Actually, we, we were just talking about Spotify. I'm very curious about one thing. Do you think Spotify is a platform where you get more new viewers? Because Spotify is a great feature, which is playlists and radio artists mm. and i find new artists every day through uh, artist radios and these playlists made for me and playlists made Never. from other people do you think that's the biggest platform for you to f- get new viewers and to get new listeners i think definitely it is very easy on spotify like i use it so much for to discover new music as well it's just it's so complicated because i mean it it, it feels like it's this it is this consumer-friendly platform, but it's not very artist-friendly. So it's like I feel conflicted about Spotify because I use it as as a as a consumer. I'm really happy, but as an artist, they pay so little, and they like. But 
but I, I don't feel they've given me so much. I mean, the, the playlisting and, and kind of what they've uh, given me and my project in, in that sense it has been so much. So like, I feel really conflicted. I don't want to talk shit about Spotify. I just know <laughs> that, that uh, most artists are, are unhappy about how little they pay. But I think it's just part of this kind of consumer friendly evolution in that sense. Yeah. Like they, Yeah, for sure. Uh, but maybe yeah. that new following, you can use it to kind of market something else. For example, the tour. Yeah, People exactly. find you and then they go to your Instagram, they see the bio, yeah. tour, Europe, and then they actually make an action and they buy the tour and they go go, go see you live. So maybe yeah, exactly a, a bigger benefit than just um, stream yeah. um, profits. But even though, obviously, Spotify, I've heard <laughs> the revenue there is not good. Yeah, <laughs> no. The profits. The thing about the audience in Spotify as well, like, all my career, we've been trying to find the people that are listening to my music on Spotify. So it's been kind of like, because it's so playlist oriented, there's so many silent listeners and silent fans. I, I don't know if silent is the best word, but it's, it's kind of like ghost fans. They're like there, they're following the playlist, they're following my profile, but they're not necessarily going on my Instagram and finding where I am. So they don't know when I'm playing in their country. So we and my myself and my label and my team have been trying to find the people that are listening uh, for like for seven years. And and yeah. we 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 find them here and there. But I find that, like I find it interesting because I'm playing at, like all over the place. I'm supporting the paper cuts or supporting another artist in America. And I always at every show, at least five people come to me and it's like, I have your music on my playlist. Didn't have a clue that that's you. That, so it's wow. like it's interesting with kind of these ghost fans on Spotify and like how to kind of really find the people that are listening. It's like, yeah, it's interesting. I can, yeah, um, I can imagine. I mean, I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty sucks. Like sometimes because, you know, um, actually you got the songs on Spotify that you got 60 million views. So sometimes like, uh, singers that got 60 million viewers, they got like Instagram, like, I don't know, like something, close to the numbers that you got on Spotify that you got the numbers on Instagram. So sometimes yeah. it, it, it sucks. Like, you know, like I have this audience right here and then I don't have the followers like yeah, yeah. As, as fair as the number there is on Spotify. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah. my might my, my suck. Or, or even worse, the reach is there, but the engagement isn't because yeah. people yeah. are listening, but then they're not really engaging with your other platforms, social medias, yeah. uh, website, anything. So that could be so this is Spotify, even. yeah i think this is the like it's just you i think you can always find something positive and negative in that sense like i'm not very i'm not very pessimistic that we won't be able to find the people because they are there there's a lot of listeners that keep coming back to the music it's just it's just still like a challenge to find them and get them to come to concerts and, and make them aware that I am playing in their town when, when that happens. But yeah, it's, it's a, it's a forest out there. We're just trying to figure out, like, I think also most labels and everywhere, like everybody's just trying to figure out how to do it these days. It's the evolution is so quick, like with everything, like sure. with TikTok and social media and with Spotify, like we're all just trying, trying our best to find, find the people that are there. And yeah, who knows? I'm optimistic that it will happen one day. Definitely. Why sure. not to be, you know, for sure. And actually, um, like just moving on, like all this subject, uh, how was to be born in Iceland and what, 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 which city are you from right there in Iceland? I'm from, I'm from Husavik, Husavik the, which is the a northern village. 
move no fuck how yeah. how many inhabitants right there 2600 i think now wow I just live and i say my city is small and it has 20000 but you want that <laughs> you no, want for sure that. like i guess so. my neighborhood here in in real it's like we got like more people than <laughs> right yeah. like the like even country. my neighborhood right here in the whole country maybe yeah. like yeah we got a lot of people right here in brazil but how was yeah. to, because like uh when we think about iceland we always think about all those you know landscapes right there with ice of course with snow and how cold it is mm -hmm. and how was to, to to be born and raised right there yeah i mean i'm really happy that i was born here i've thought about it all my life i feel like we got a lot of benefits from being uh being raised in a country like this there's a lot of there's a uh, Uh, there's been a lot of space in my life. Like, I think that has helped a lot with being a creative person. There's been a lot of room and space around me because there aren't that many people. Like, but the landscape is still, I don't know how to write, like, I think, uh, I think you say like 100 square meters. So, that, like, the, the, the island itself is quite big, but we don't like, there's, it's mostly glaciers and mountains and, 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 A land that is not lived on so we have we it's very easy for us to just get out go around in the country and just be amongst nobody m maybe a sheep but not really any people or like mm -hmm. and it can be it can be challenging sometimes to not to be in so much space like you have so much room for your thoughts and emotions and and um I think that is the biggest impact on, on, on my creative self, but also just like being like feeling important. Like it's, 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 it's a funny, it's a funny feeling, like feeling like you are special because of your country or because like we all like all Icelanders are so proud to be from Iceland because people elsewhere think we are fascinating for being alive like we don't we don't need to do anything for being bad like it's it's so interesting how people think like of iceland and Iceland. they imagine you just get that for free like you don't need you don't need to prove anything and then being a musician from this country it's been like it's like an extra like oh my god mm -hmm. you're making music and you're from iceland it's like it's so interesting so we get like we get this kind of same feeling as when you're a kid and you get so much attention because you're cute like it's like you you just get attention for being born so It's it's very interesting and and for that that energy is like really fascinating sure. to me. Always. And not only are you from Iceland, but you're also not from the capital. You're from a very small town. And yeah, exactly. when we're kids, we have always this in mind that I want to go to the big city. I want to do so much, so much, so much. <laughs> yeah. As adults, that kind of still happens. But when yeah. when you start doing something big, you can actually represent your city and make them proud yeah. and be like, exactly. okay, I'm from this small city. And I want people to go visit it. I want people to know yeah. about it. And now I have yeah. the platform to actually do it and achieve it. Yeah. So that's even yeah. more fascinating to add. Yeah. Definitely. 100%. And, and actually, like, since we're talking about your small city, growing up there, how did you got such a passion of music? How did that grow into what you are now? Who helped you as a young kid? I think, yeah, I think, like, I'm I'm grow like my family is quite musical. My dad's a guitar collector, so there was always guitars around my home. Uh, my mom and dad split up when I was very young, so I I wasn't raised in his home, but 
when I went to visit him, there was always guitars around. And he gave me my first guitar when I was nine. So I, I got like, I started kind of writing songs when I was 10 because I thought it was more interesting to write music than it was to learn other people's music. Um, it was kind of easier to me because they felt like, like there were no rules and I really hated rules when I was a kid. Was, uh, not, not that I was that rebellious. I just, I just couldn't like really, like I didn't like the restriction of rules. And, and, and when I was learning, when I was like studying guitar or when I was studying all this, other people's songs, it felt like there was, there was a box and I needed to put myself in that box. But when I was writing, I could just be like on the outside and I could just create my own rules. And I thought that was very interesting from very early on. And uh, that your question about, so I know, yeah, yeah. How did that prevail into what you are now? How did how was it easy to actually like write and record music in your in your little town, or did you have to go abroad to actually rec record your first mm -hmm. records? So my brother is also a musician, and he was always recording his own music. And he kind of taught me the mindset that you can just do everything yourself. So when I was, when I was 13, I had my first summer job uh, between school. And I, after the money that I got from the summer job, I bought recording equipment and started learning how to record my own music. And that's kind of when I started demoing and writing songs on layers and like learning how to do, to do like backing vocals and all these things that made the song a bit more fascinating and interesting. So, yeah, I'm, I'm like, I'm really privileged with like this foundation because when I'm, when I'm like meeting artists these days, they maybe didn't get the chance to start that early. But I think I went through a lot of hurdles of like learning how to be Perfect. like your best writer so young that I created a like kind of a created like my own musical character very young. So yeah, it was it was it was really nice. And that's exactly sense. you had time to fail and improve on those failures. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And and just in my own kind of skin. Like I didn't have the sending it as a putting it on Spotify or SoundCloud when I was that shit. Like I could I had the years of being shit on my own. And that was like yeah. incredible, you know. No, for really? sure. No, I, mean, I, I have I have That's to say that you're doing pretty good right now, by the way. <laughs> like what? your songs. And I have to say that you're doing pretty good right now, by the way. Oh, yeah. Thank you, man. You know, Thank pays you. pays off, pays off all the hustling. No, for sure. And and wow, like I mean, uh I don't know if you already listened to your songs, but the lyrics like you could see the elements of Iceland on some of your songs. Mm. I mean, talking about the sea, talking about all those elements that you put on your lyrics so and do you think as being an icelandic has helped you to describe those songs or describe songs like, and different songs like i mean folk music it's been um, so much about you know people's thoughts or people's mm -hmm. you know experiences or life experience and kind of stuff culture, so traditions culture and everything mm -hmm. so how those elements are actually present on your songs yeah, I think I think I've from very early on started using nature as like a metaphor for what I wanted to say. And I think it started from not wanting to be like it's when I remember writing like one of my most popular songs, uh, Forest Fires. I wrote that when I was 16 Whoa. and I remember writing the lyrics for that song. Uh, I was writing it to like one of my first crushes. 
And it was like things <laughs> I wanted to say to her, but I knew that she would hear the song. So I didn't want to say it in like a very direct way. Like I wanted to paint, like I wanted to say something with this, like the feelings that I had in my, in my body. And I wanted to like kind of create an abstract image of that, which kind of became like the image of forest fires because that was like how I felt inside of me. Like I, I, I remember like I wanted to describe this kind of like how everything's so complicated when you're like uh, like a young adult and like I don't understand how my emotions are so like taking control of everything inside of me and I, I remember wanting to write about this feeling and about her and what she, feeling she gave me without saying like you were making me crazy or whatever. <laughs> so, <laughs> because so it's harder it as well. It, it's harder yeah. to look at a girl in the eyes and just say everything. Yeah, when you can exactly. just like write it out, make a song, yeah. and just say, hey, yeah. listen to this. And then she exactly. can actually, <laughs> by her own yeah. mind, like, discover all that. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, how did you blow up? Wh which song made you like who you are now? And how did yeah, that, that happen? That was that song. Like, I don't know how it happened uh, with this song, but as soon as we, like, I rec like up until the point of recording that, EP, Forest Fires EP, like up, up up until that point, I, I always recorded everything myself. And this was the first time that I went in with a producer to record. And like my first manager that I don't work with anymore, he kind of provided the funding for going to the studio and producing this EP and all that. So we were able to kind of create like more professional sounded uh, music or this EP. And, and I, there was some magic that just happened like it was like such an easy like I just went uh, to the, like I, I was living in the north I was studying in Alcorete which is like one hour away from Husavik a, a slightly bigger town has like 16,000 people I was studying there and I flew to Reykjavik and I recorded my EP and actually I my studio at the moment is in the same complex as I was doing it then oh, so in the same in the same house I'm now I have my own studio but back then I was only a student and I went up here and recorded with a, with a producer recorded this EP and then we went we put out Forest Fires the first single and like we first just put it on SoundCloud and it just started like everybody was like sending it around and everybody started like listening to it and it was just like a crazy thing that just like blew up over a few weeks and it just like got million streams on SoundCloud and it was even like we had two million streams on SoundCloud before we put it on Spotify because I don't know I don't really know why we just put it on SoundCloud first but and then we released it on 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 Spotify and did the same exact thing and it's just been rotating streams ever since and this was back in 2015 so like that's why it has so many streams today because it's just been rotating the same amount for seven years yeah it's like still crazy to me like I don't <laughs> understand how it happens. Brag, so by the way, like this uh, tour that you're doing there uh, in France, uh, how was yeah. it? I mean, uh, you're traveling with people like singers, also folk singers. And how yeah. was the concert? Like you're having uh, like certain place that you're passing by. Did you have this, uh, let's call it like, uh, uh, we are playing this city right now. Or did you have a, yeah. like a, a spot for doing this? How was it? Yeah, yeah. It was all pre-planned, even though it doesn't look like it. <laughs> yeah, it, it, was. Like it was all like all the events was next to or a part of a restaurant that had like 
like one once we were like playing on the beach and that was because the restaurant was on the beach but they had like this area by the sea that we just performed at so it was all quite like it was all planned before but it was kind of just outside for poor people that just could come and, and walk by and, and see the show so it was it was yeah it was quite fun fun uh weird but fun yeah <laughs> No, it sounds like an amazing experience. Uh, pretty warm as well, because doing this yeah. in the south of France. And how people react to those songs, how people react to the, to the concerts, how was it? Yeah, it was really good. Like, I was, I was really pleasantly surprised. People were really enjoying it, and they always got kind of hooked into the concept and into us and kind of wanting more, wanting more from it. So we're going to try to do something similar next year again, I think. Mm. Really cool. In which country was your favorite so far to play on? Would you say? There, um, From the whole tour that you did, the, your favorite country, favorite people, the most engaging um, on the show. Like from the last tour or just in general? Like from all the Actually, tours? Actually, in general, in general, yeah, from all the tours. Yeah. Um, I have like had, like, I think, have the most. Uh, most positive experience in in Copenhagen and in Amsterdam I think like that's that's the that's the places that have kind of given me the most love so far I think um but I think like Copenhagen because of the connection to Iceland and they love Iceland oh and yeah. they're our neighbors kind of uh and Amsterdam because Holland just absolutely loves folk music and our and their live scene is just so so um They put so much effort in their shows. So much yeah. effort. Yeah. Every every festival that I went there show, they were just incredible. Yeah. Absolutely. And the people were crazy. Like they were <laughs> insane <laughs> for the artists. Like they wanted to go on stage, like do whatever. Yeah. Exactly. They're little gremlins. Yeah, they're they're gremlins. <laughs> yeah, no, they definitely are. It's 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 different. And and Yeah, that's that's my most positive experience. And now with France, like I've I think I've got gotten the experience of like how to tour, how is it how it is to tour France with French people as well, which is really interesting to me. Um, like when you get like it's the same feeling that you get like when you're traveling and you get like a friend showing you around who lives there, and you get an experience a part of a city or a part of a place from the from the perspective of somebody sure. that knows where to go and not from what you're googling or reviews that you're trying to find out like so like this was like playing in France with people who know where to go and we went to the all the nice places to and met all the nice people because they knew where it was the and local that was really places lovely. exactly yeah, exactly that was the thing that I was doing with my South African friend here I was like we're not going to Alba Fair we're not going to Villa Mora we're going to the actual small towns that I yeah. grew up on, that I eat yeah. everything cheap. You'll see the locals. Also cheaper, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's much sure. cheaper. You, you, you actually see the culture and you can actually integrate it in the culture. Because yeah. I'll tell you, Axel, the south of Portugal, during the summer, it's only Brits, English people. Yeah. English okay. People. And wow. we, we have a couple places here, which mm -hmm. are bars that are, I would say, 95% British people. <laughs> and I told them, We can go there, but there's going to be fights. There's going to be whatever. And I think it'd be best if we actually go to the local places where I go out 
and mm-hmm. you can actually see how Portuguese people party and whatnot. Yeah, and he, yeah, yeah. And he wouldn't really for anything. Yeah. When he comes back, he can actually say, "Guys, I've been to these places. I wasn't <laughs> yeah. to the to the touristic places that people normally go when they come here to the south mm-hmm. of Portugal." So yeah. yeah, that's something super super important to have um, those people to actually bring you to the locals. Yeah, exactly. That's that's something we share here, right here in the podcast. Also, like um having the experience as a native you know like when you go to a country uh i don't want to go to you know as you said axel uh those trip advisor places that people are just you know going there and voting giving five stars uh, i want to go yeah. to the places that my friends like my native friends are telling me to you know this is worth it and kind of stuff and yeah and so on but exactly. but axel uh i mean uh why folk folk music why folk songs uh how, how did you fell fell in love with this style of music um how was it yeah it's interesting how the evolution <laughs> happened because i was always so much into pop punk when i was like emo music and pop punk when i was a teenager and that's kind of where it evolved from like i was always in pop punk bands and was and and evolved that into like indie rock bands and i was always in in, in different bands in, in school and in high school with 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 yeah doing like indie rock music and I it started kind of as something that I wanted to do by myself on the side and it felt like a good direction to go as like a because I also I was like falling in love with Bunny Bear, Fleet Foxes, people that would kind of just expand like in a funny way I feel like there's so there's so, such a connection to um doing pop in a different way which is like pop punk was like connecting two two worlds together you know you have these catchy melodies and you have these catchy uh harmonies going here and there and 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 the folk is kind of doing the same thing um and and i think i i took a lot of that um those melodies from and that this is what people have told me as well i remember like paper kites told me this like they told me that they could t- take almost all of my songs and make a pop punk song from them because <laughs> like the melodies are really structured in the same way. And you could just, you just need to put the drums in and like some guitars and you, ha- you would have a pop punk song. And I-, I thought it was really funny because I never thought about it that way, but it was really a clear, clear connection there in, in my uh, experience, experience. And I think this is a lot of people that grow up to be folk lovers have the same kind of transition. Uh, it's like, like when you're an adult, you don't you don't love those kind of this hectic uh, pop punk music anymore. That you want the same kind of feeling and the same emotion from it. So you you go into indie folk, and I feel today like Phoebe Bridgers. All of those songs are really uh, emo songs with an acoustic guitar. And and I think this is this is such a lovely evolution, and and that's definitely where it came from for me. Like. I feel like what you just said, mixing genres is a great way to expand audiences because, yeah. I mean, as you said, pop pop rock or pop punk, I mean, American Pie literally brought that up to new audiences. Me, <laughs> yeah. Link-182, Simple Plan, yeah. like all exactly. those bands got yeah. so popular because of these also style of content that was very popular yeah. back in the early 2000s, even TV shows, exactly. movies. And I'm not the biggest fan of just uh, punk, but if I listen to as I as you said, rock um, 
now I now I just blurred a little bit. If I just listen to a uh, pop rock or pop punk, I'm like yeah. all in. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> exactly how like that that was that was it for me as well. Like I was growing up through those movies as well and I was a teenager watching those movies and and like having that music there it, it just it also felt like a bit of a niche for me like there were not a lot of people listening to that music and that was very important for me when i was a young young teenager or or young adult it was like that what i was listening to was not what everybody in my town was listening to like i needed <laughs> to have a bit of a unique like i don't know why this was always so important for me i think yeah it's just yeah it just was yeah <laughs> No, it, that and, helps as well to niche down your audience because yeah, you get a yeah, little bit more sure. loving, loving people towards you. Because yeah. I'm, for example, I, I know that all of the fandoms, they are insane and they're very niche down as well. The artists yeah. themselves. So that also helps, as I just said, for sure, niching yeah. down. Yeah. You know? And also sometimes we fall on these fake judgments that people do. Like, for example, uh, as a folk folk lover, sometimes people judge you like, hey, if you, you can you can love folk and punk at, at the same time because they're two yeah. different kind of songs. You know, like yeah. folk songs you listen when when you're when you have rainy days and you want to cry yeah. or watch the sunset <laughs> and the punk songs you want to do, you know, and, yeah, when you're in the summertime trying to do those, you know, marsh and kind of stuff. But yeah. since since Axon said like this example, I, I mean, we have uh, Dallas Green, you know, Dallas Green, the city and color. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. he has this, you know, amazing project of folk songs, city and color. Mm -hmm. And he's also plays a vo back vocal in Alexa on Fire, which is like. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Oh, which I is like a heavy that. metal band. So. Yeah. He has this, you know, two faces of yeah. uh, of himself, you know, like he has the, mm -hmm. the folk songs right here in, in one hand and in the other hand, mm -hmm. the heavy metal face of him right mm -hmm. going on. So there is yeah. nothing wrong. Like people just judge. People suck yeah. sometimes. <laughs> suck yeah, sometimes. it's true. It's true. It's true. I, I remember I remember pop punk always being this kind of <laughs> like for me, like I feel like people respect folk music here, even though there's not a lot of there's not a lot of, like if you think about like the native artists here there's not like folk isn't really a strong genre in Iceland not, not a lot of people are are creating it it's it's everybody that's doing like some kind of folk is more doing like pop folk than indie folk I feel like um mm. but it's 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 mostly like hip-hop mostly like R&B here in Iceland like Icelandic um, music uh, at the moment is and has been for many years uh hip hop r and b and just like pure pop maybe <laughs> no, for but, sure. yeah I mean you I got feel like everybody tries to do hip hop nowadays yeah. everybody yeah. at least Every once in their career tries to do hip hop they see that rapping is actually hard and having a flow is hard they say nah. <laughs> not even yeah i i won't i I don't think I will ever try that. <laughs> have you ever at least tried to put on a beat and just go with the flow and just see what I've happens i've definitely created a beat but i don't i think more for other people more for friends like i've never tried to rap myself because i just like even though i was like a huge eminem fan when i was 12 and 13 like i i exclusively listened to eminem for like oh. two years and uh, before this pop punk uh, sure. discovery, I would say, <laughs> yeah. 
So yeah. So we are not going to expect some folk hip hop mix by you no, in the by Axel Fuven. <laughs> so Axel, you also got uh, of Monster Man from there, yeah, from Iceland. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is an amazing yeah. band as well. Uh, but they yeah. play; they're more indie, right? No, they don't put some yeah. folk songs on there. Yeah, they're they're like they're. <laughs> what i would call it default as well like they really came up in the in this wave of of next to mumford and sons back in the yeah. early 2010s and they were a big inspiration for me and um and and today they're good friends of mine um just recently kind of got to know them went on holiday with them uh, a few few months ago and they're lovely lovely people um but yeah i was really like a huge fan of them when I was a kid watched all of their like tour documentaries and they used to like upload these kind of tour diary things on YouTube and when they were doing their first tours and I and I watched it all I was a huge fan yeah. um, they they came to Brazil once and it was pretty cool I, I've been to their concert so wow nice. amazing it's your time actually yeah. you gotta come to Brazil you're definitely yeah. changing your mind about the best fans of the world We we, do, <laughs> we we know how to do parties right here. Like we, we're going yeah. to have, do a lot. Of, I definitely lot of want to. That would be that would be such an amazing experience. Like I hope to be able to do it one day. It's kind of like it's always this is because it's so far away and it costs so yeah. much to go. Uh, that mm -hmm. hopefully hopefully one day soon we will be able to make that happen. Amazing. Have we ever played outside of Europe? Uh, in Asia yes. or in the US? Yeah, I did a whole tour in America, um, all around America, all around North America, um, mm -hmm. in Canada. In, and in, how was in, that? Uh, yeah, like, that was really interesting. Between Europe yeah, and I mean, the US? That's, I mean, if I would do it more, maybe, maybe I would even say that they're like up there with the greatest audiences because they're <laughs> such a enthusiastic audience yeah. like and it's so like w when you're meeting americans it's hard to kind of go into a like in my experience like going to a on the same ground with them because there's everything's so up here and expression and kind of you don't know when things things is a thing like when they're acting in that sense because everything's kind of an act and like the whole art of communication with an american is is such a like you have to read you have to kind of re read between the expressions and kind of like oh yeah this is what you mean when you say this and all that like sure. you just you're like learning a new way to communicate uh -huh. but having an audience like that is really interesting because everything i say gets amplified so it feels like i'm i'm saying amazing things when i'm saying the most mundane things and it can give you such good boost in your ego and your makes sense to them makes sense yeah. somehow and it just it just it just amplifies and 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 this is i guess this is a similar thing with like playing for brazilian fans that are really like appreciated that you're here and they're like oh it's so fun so i mean i think that's also the experience of like having somebody that can really appreciate you because i have a lot of experience playing somewhere in germany and i love it playing in germany but they're more down to earth in the sense of like we're at a concert we're gonna listen you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah those are the germans 100 yeah. they're more like chilled as you said grounded yeah. they yeah. they won't go like too crazy like ah no. his excel yeah playing 
definitely. But um, in which state was your favorite actually playing in the U.S. Like, I had a great, I had a great experience in in, um, in Portland, Oregon. Oh that wow! Was an amazing it's a, show. <laughs> it's a very curious state. It's the only state yeah. that all drugs are decriminalized, and they do so many experiences in that state. <laughs> oh really? I feel like it's a state for the government, so they can okay, wow. for the whole country. It's very they fascinating. Have, they have so many, like Portland and Seattle. Like our show in Seattle was really, really good as well. I was supporting a an artist called Radical Face, and I was just and like, but all the shows in LA was also really good. I think I had a really good, uh, a lot of good experiences. <laughs> no, it, they're pretty into folk music, right there. They got. KEXP yeah. right there, which is exactly this yeah. platform like well, pretty cool. Mm. Yeah, like K- yeah. As, as you said, Seattle. Every American that I talk to, like almost mm-hmm. every American that I talk to that travels, they say one of my favorite cities in the U.S. Seattle. They always yeah. go back to Seattle because they say the yeah. people there are super friendly, nice. Yeah. They have the vibe of Canada because Vancouver is just above. Yeah, um, exactly. So I can imagine yeah. Seattle being on the top of your list. For sure, yeah. yeah. Amazing. Going back, going back a bit about Iceland and kind of stuff. Like we always do the question right here in the podcast. Like out of this TripAdvisor and Google Earth shit, and what are the places that you actually advise to people when traveling to Iceland, but not the places that people recommend or kind of stuff? Like, do you have your favorite spot right here, right there? Sorry. Yeah. This is always so hard for me to answer and, and because I don't like I don't do enough of it because I really enjoy it, but I don't travel my country enough to know like really where like I don't have the secret kind of but there are there are some like every nature lake that is usually on on, on review. Like I, I like all the nature lakes that you can like access. They're really good mm-hmm. and they're really worth the walks and the hikes too, because they're like, they're out of this world, like wherever you can. Mm-hmm. And like Google can really help you out where the nature lakes are. Um, those, those are really lovely and interesting. Like m- m- most of the time, I think the biggest problem in like going places like that is just that it usually swarms with people, which can kind of ruin the experience, at least in my experience, like in, in my, like, yeah, in my experience, I think it, it can have a negative effect because you, what you seek in the supernatural experience of going at, like swim in a warm lake up in the mountains is also the isolation and the view. And if there's like, so many people, so many people. tourists. Yeah, it can really like. Mm, okay, it's not as exciting to to go into this swarm of people in this lake or whatever. But uh, it kind of ruins, that, as you yeah. said, the, the realism because yeah. it's like you're in Iceland, a very isolated country. You go there, yeah. you think, oh, there's going to be like five people, six people. You go to the lake, yeah. there's like hundreds and hundreds. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. But I mean, in general, like the east, the co- the east has so many beautiful towns and and my family lives in a forest and kind of the only real forest in iceland is 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 is, uh but it's really small trees so people would usually laugh at at, laugh at them when they come there because it's man-grown and not so many years ago 
so it, the trees are not not very tall, but it's very beautiful there. And there's a there's a lake right by it as well. And the place is called Hatlongstadur, which uh, it's yeah, it's a really beautiful forest. And and then the West Fjords have so many incredible mountains. West Fjords is kind of like Norway a bit because they have so many uh, so many like cliffs and like the roads there are really can be dangerous in a in a bad weather which is not great but the, the scenery there is incredible and the mountains there like like Isafjord the capital of the west is is um is or maybe not capital maybe not the right word but like the main city of the west is is surrounded by mountains so it, like it feels like really like really isolated in that sense and the, the town is just as small as my hometown even though mm-hmm. it's like the main main city like the biggest city in the west but there there's so many small towns and all of them have their own character in the in the west Fjords. and 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 i think that's like the, that's what i love the most at least mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah traveling through the east 100 percent. and how often do you see the northern lights because they're also as uh, they appear as often there as in Norway and Sweden, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, they are more often than I see them, I think, because it's harder to see them in the middle of the city. But if you're like, if you go into the places where, like, there have been few moments where I see, like, on the news or whatever, that there are crazy northern lights and you look up and you cannot really see them well in day like in the in the city because of light pollution and then you go somewhere right outside the city and then you see crazy northern lights i've personally seen them like maybe five six times over my life like proper northern lights not Mm. not more than that in my life but there have been people looking for them that I have seen them more times than I have. So like, I just haven't put a lot of effort looking for them. <laughs> okay. Axel, that's five more than I've ever seen. So mm-hmm. you can only imagine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My God, I want to see those lights. Me either too. I just, re- I, I just remember once <laughs> I was like playing basketball. This was in 2012. So I was like, how old? Yeah, no, this was in 2010. I was 15. We were playing basketball, and like all of a sudden, the the sky just was covered in green, and and it was just dancing like crazy. It was moving like this. It was like really quick, and the movement it was like the most amazing thing I've ever seen. And then like I've never seen them as crazy as I saw them that night. But yeah, the most beautiful for landscape sure. for a basketball game match. That's for sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's for sure. I feel like that's dangerous because they just wouldn't look at the ball. They would look at the damn sky. Yeah. <laughs> They'll yeah. be dribbling just at the sky and then the ball goes over. No, they just <laughs> stop it at the game right right after. Like this. Yeah, for sure. So, Axel, yeah. you're reaching the end, like the, the end of our podcast. It's been amazing to be yeah. here. But before we finish it up, Guilherme always do the question he does every single episode. So, Guilherme, feel free, bro. Mike is open for you. No worries, no worries. Axel, we do when with this question every podcast. This may be something that you actually say to your fans. Yeah. So many times when you tour, when they go meet you, take a picture. So what is the thing that you would say if someone said, what is the thing that makes you the most proud about being from Iceland? What would you say? Yeah. <laughs> Very wow. deep. Very deep one. 
Yeah. Wow, that it feels like I have to have a very important answer for this. <laughs> What makes me the most proud? Um, you mean like something connected to myself, or just something that exists? Can be uh, like, yeah. Hmm. So if you think... were to introduce yourself and you said like I'm from Iceland and I love yeah. these these and these about my country, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I think I am the proudest of our kind of i mean this is uh, this is coming from a very uh, like self selfish point of view but uh, i really love our our um uh, what we've achieved with art arts and and i think what like i i am the proudest i think i'm i'm really proud to be from a country that has had such a good um like given a lot of like given a lot of chance to musicians and a lot of like uh, uh i don't know i don't i don't know if i'm using the right words to express what i'm trying to say just like it just feels like a really good place to and it has a lot of great music like from this country that has given me uh, yeah. just the the opportunity strength, the the yeah. opportunity and also just like the like the perspective just like the belief in myself That I've gotten through seeing so many small bands from here growing up, and you just see like this. You like your friends of your friends of mine are blowing up in the whole world because of this, uh, and also because of the talent that they have. Mm-hmm. And I think I think this this <laughs> very long answer to a very no, short motive. No, for um, sure, inspiration. Yeah. As we were talking about, you get inspired yeah. by so many artists. They get inspired exactly. by you. You probably have so many yeah. fans that are like <laughs> 15 years old, 16 years old. They're, they're probably in high school listening to your song. And they're like, I want to do folk music now because of Axel. For sure. Because you've, he you've came from the people. same place I, I came from. You know, never forgetting where you came from. You come from like a, such a small country. The population is not yeah. too high right there. And yeah, you're able to do songs all around the world. You're doing um, tours all the whole Europe also in North America, soon here in Brazil, for sure. <laughs> and and yeah, still, like, I mean, you're, you're very talented in what you do. And that makes you really proud. And that was an amazing answer, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. And, Excellent. And thank a- you so much, bro. Like, feel free, go on, go on. Yeah. Go on. No, I'll, I was just going to say just one more thing on the artist part. I, like, artists have the best platform to even inspire people and the artist includes musicians it includes directors True. it includes whatever form of content that you can put out that can actually change someone's mindset and lifestyle and just how they react to the world after they listen to your song after they see your film whatever yeah. so yeah yeah i'm very proud of what you've done so far and for your future i i see so much in you right from this podcast For sure, yeah, bro. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's just the scratch, bro. I mean, your songs are amazing. And we're definitely, I mean, myself, uh, with my friends, like I, I got some friends that do like folk music. And I'm showing your songs. I'm showing everything yeah. to them and trying to spread the Axel Fluven music around here in Brazil, <laughs> for sure. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, guys. <laughs> bro, thank you so much. And thank you for our listeners as well for reaching uh, this podcast right here. Uh, hope you guys uh, follow also Axel songs. You're gonna leave on here in the description right here on Spotify and also all those platforms, podcast platforms that we are in 
All right. So, guys, take it easy. See you next week. Bye bye. Bye bye. See you.